A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This episode is sponsored by TriVegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns. So together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Wednesday Q&A. You ask the questions and I answer. First question I have from Amy Dre Z212. Why does every sequence lead to a handstand? I love that she asked that um, because that's been asked for years of, of me. Like, what's the deal with handstand? Feels like, you know, this is all about handstanding. And um, that's not what you're asking. But first of all, I don't think every sequence does necessarily lead to a handstand. But I, bringing that up, I would say I would want to have the experience that in any pose, that especially if my weight is in my hands already, I would like to be able to lift into a handstand. So for me, not only is lifting to a handstand just fun, so fun, so fun. I have a whole hot podcast about why I handstand, but the biggest reason is it's joyful, it's fun, and we do not much fun in our life. You know, we're so serious as adults. So it's like doing this is just great fun. It's also a challenge. It's um, a challenge because if you've never done a handstand, that in itself, it's like a new skill set you're working on that you're not going to get right away. You're going to have to really, really, really go deep within your understanding of your body and learn more about your body so that you can control it in space in an inverted position. And that is, that's going into like muscle uh, or brain mapping, like to a level that we haven't we're not getting in daily life. So it's like going to school, (laughs) you know, you're really going to school to learn and get feedback and adjust and learn and get feedback and adjust. So for instance, what a handstand might teach you is, Hey, I am really, I thought I was tight in my hamstrings. It's actually in my low back. It's really restricted because it's making me when I'm in like a standing split or standing L position, I'm rounding my upper back like crazy because my, my low back is so restricted. Okay, so that's telling you something about yourself. And then what can you do with that? It might also be like, hey, I thought I was really strong in my arms, but when I get weight in my arms, my elbow collapsed. So maybe I was just strong like in being able to do an overhead press with barbells or a bicep curl. But in terms of 
being able to stabilize my scapula and the ribs, I'm really not into, that's an integrated strength. So the, why every sequence, especially on your hands could lead to handstand is that the handstand is the ultimate check-in because there's a lots of way, there's lots of ways in which our body is not telling us the truth, right? We can think, oh my gosh, I'm in this pose and I feel so strong and I feel so flexible and and yoga can sometimes really it can be like that uh the sirens on the the side of you know the in the on the side of the water in mythology it's like come you can do this get that bigger kick the leg up higher you know all this stuff get your head to your shin if you're like in standing split but those sirens aren't real they're like mis they're misguiding your ship so the handstand is really like am i navigating with a neutral spine, with a integrated core, mobilizing from my big joints in my body, like my shoulders, I mean, my, like my hips, moving from there and not trying to move from my back, not trying to just get the pose because I'm just copying it or it, it looks cool or I want to try it, but embodying the steps along the way. So for me, handstand is just this ultimate check-in that I am, um, I'm doing all the things consistently so that any one position where I'm on my hands could lead me onto my, in, into handstand. So it's, a, it's like, I could talk about this for another, you know, five days or something, but it's really, it's not so much the handstand, it's the, the neuromuscular check-in because when we're consistent we're consistent, we're consistent. We don't even realize how strong we get in that consistency. And we sometimes need to check that and be like, oh, wait, look where it brought me. Where Look where it brought me when I, by bending my knees as I hinge forward instead of keeping my knees locked and rounding my back. Look where it got me. It got me to stabilize my scapula on my back ribs and it got me to move in my hips. And that will get you into a handstand. Locking your legs and rounding your spine to get your hands to the floor will not get you in handstand. And what it will get you into is trouble because you're pulling on your hamstrings in a way that's not really conscious or strong. So that's my very, very long answer is that A, always because it's fun and joyful, but B, there's really a neuromuscular reason. It's, it's to get the feedback and, and then to check in. Can I keep the chest open as I lean into it? Can I lean into the sternum? the sternoclavicular joint? And then can I keep my scapula really tacked onto the back so that when I lean and lift my legs up in some kind of handstand hop, I'm supporting myself from the structure and not collapsing. Okay. Next question. Julie Miller Yoga. I love this. How are you? Question mark. I did say, ask me anything. Well, we're in the middle of a pandemic still. And I think that's Sometimes I just have to remind myself of that because there's many days where I feel like my life is relatively unchanged. You know, I am still working, thank goodness. I still have, you know, my family is here with me. Uh, they are, my kids are older, so it's not as, it ha- isn't as taxing, like I think as it can be with younger kids where you, they need their friends more. They need maybe an activity outside of the home more. So, and my kids are much more self-sufficient. So it's, um, that part of it is, is really good. And I feel, I feel like there's, 
like with everybody else, there are days where I feel really energized and I look at like, hey, how is this curveball? Uh, how can I, what can I do with it? What can I do with it? And that's kind of exciting challenge, you know, this, this curveball of life. And then there are days where it's like, I get three things done and I feel exhausted. You know, it's like, whoa. Whereas I used to, you know, maybe be more productive on another day. And so in that way, I've also been more gentle on myself. Like, you know, okay, today we got three things done. Today we got one thing accomplished. Hooray. And um, realizing that there's this low level, maybe even higher level of residue of stress that we are inevitably all wearing, you know, if if our 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 world is is suffering in this way from the unknown and the uncertainty and the all the other stuff going on along with the global pandemic. And perhaps maybe our eyes are more open to the other things because we are more still in our lives. So the long-standing racial injustices are in, in the United States, our, our government and uh, the upcoming election, there's just a lot of stir in the nervous system and that residue stays there. So that we're going to have days where we're just going to feel more stagnant. And I definitely have that more than I would normally. And then I also look at like my last two years and some of the things that I have endured. And I'm like, look at me now, like, whoo, I'm standing and I'm happy. And I do have a kind of a renewed sense of just glass is there, not even that it's half empty or half full, but it's there. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that. So I have that in my, maybe in my DNA and wiring, but also in my practice, I kind of always look at like, well, it could be worse. Look at what else is happening. You know, I, I try and see, see all the beautiful things that are happening as well, but I'm also more gentle on having, having those days where I feel like, you know, a piece of lint on the ground. Uh, so I hope all of you are well, because I, I know that this, that's what, that's what this is right now. There's like one day to the next could be just full spectrum change of, of emotions and, and how we are managing those emotions. And I think it's, it's a, an opportunity for all of us to feel more compassionate to ourselves and to listen to within, to listen to within, to what we need. Um, so I hope that is a good answer. And I hope that we can all kind of bond on that. There's going to be days where we feel like we hit the wall. And those are the days where you might need to be quiet and not reach out to anybody, but it also might be an opportunity to reach out to a friend, partner or whatever, and just say, you know, I just need to say this. It's not that I want you to do anything about it, but I'm feeling really down. I'm feeling really crappy. And maybe just talking to that person, not having them try to solve your problems or anything can help. I do that with my husband. I'm so lucky that He's there and I can just be like, gosh, today is like, I don't know. I feel like I didn't get anything done. I'm super disoriented. I feel just like blah. And he's like, hey, it's okay. Just, you know, give yourself a day, give yourself two days, whatever it needs. And um, be kind, be kind to yourself as well. Okay, question. Anyway, ask about what are the best psoas strengtheners? I feel like my psoas is not very strong. So that's a great question. At least you are recognizing that the psoas is uh, often not strong 
even though it gets the, the reputation of being really tight and needing to be stretched. So psoas strengtheners are a really, the main thing for psoas strengtheners is to get your pelvis neutral. So one that I often do in my classes is just lying on your back, making sure that you've got your triple S, your skull and your scapula and some part of your sacrum on the ground and stretch the legs out, but have activity there. Like feel like you're, there's a readiness. You're not just lying like you are in Shavasana. And then you can have your hands on the floor with the palms down and slide one heel up towards your butt at a time. And just notice when you're doing that, if you have a corresponding movement in your pelvis. So we're truly trying to flex at the hips. And this can be really challenging for people who don't have length in their, a good amount of optimal length in their psoas. It's been restricted or shortened in some ways and strength. So it seems simple, but do it really slowly and really methodically. And again, going into this great neural mapping that I was talking about with the handstand. So slide one heel in as far as you can and then slide it away slowly and keep doing and alternate side to side and minimize any movement of the low back, firm your abdominal wall. So think about the two the two frontal pelvic points, those little bones there, and the space in between, really firm it toward it like you're tightening a little belt and then pulling that down. So that's going to get you into the pelvic floor some and into the transverse abdominals to keep the pelvis steady. So now you're using the hip flexor part of it. So, but you're also keeping the lumbar spine out of the movement pattern. And remember the iliopsoas attaches from the inner thigh across the front rim of the pelvis through the body and into the lumbar fascia and disc, even it attaches to some of the disc there. So by not moving on that end of the psoas, you're helping to stabilize. So you're getting strong in a different sense. So you're stabilizing from that back end. Now, after you've done that a few times, slide that, let's say it's your left leg, slide it in and you can pick up the heel. And so you're in hip flexion and then bring your right hand on top of your left thigh and very simply push the thigh away, but don't let it move. So you're going to pull back, but I want you to feel like the resistance is actually coming all the way from the back body. So your right hand is on your thigh, you're pushing the left thigh away. And instead of pushing the, or pulling the left thigh toward you using your hip flexor, I actually want you to lengthen your tailbone toward the heels. Again, there's no movement that is occurring. It's just the direction of forces that you're creating. So you're strengthening your psoas all the way through to that where it attaches on the lumbar spine when you do it that way. Then you can do the same thing in standing. So if you were standing on your right leg and you lift your left leg up as high as you can without using your hands, you're strengthening your psoas that way. And then you put the right hand on top of the left thigh, gently add some pressure down and resist going down by pulling your pubic bone up in front. So now you're upright. So you're changing the forces. So you don't have to, it's contending with gravity a different way. So those are two ways that you can really work on um, strengthening the psoas. You must, must, must do it with a neutral pelvis, or you're going to be pulling on one end or the other. 
Okay, so as is such a good one to strengthen and to lengthen. As always, I hope this helps you today. Write me at lara at lityoga.com for any questions for me to answer. And I'm pulling for you today and every day, especially if this is one of those days where you might be feeling a little blah, a little stagnant, a little down. Be gentle and know that it's in the air and it's going to happen in the in the state of the world we're in right now. But give yourself that space and then know that the next day, try and get up and move and groove and get some more energy in the body and in the heart. Thank you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 